0: Guess that's my cue. <laughs> <laughs> it's happy hour from Central Cities, New Orleans. Uh, we're at Casa Barrega on Othello Castle, Haley, just a block uptown from Cafe Reconcile. If uh, you've never heard of Casa Barrega, there's a really good reason. It's not open yet, uh, but it's. I can think everyone here can attest to the fact the vibe in the place is awesome. Uh, and if you want to help out the owner, Hugo Montero, who is a longstanding artist in New Orleans and soon to be restaurateur, go ahead and... Uh, like Casse Barrega on Facebook right now. That's all he asks of anybody. He gave us beers as long as we said we would uh, like him on Facebook. Literally, right? He's making me hot yeah, too. Yeah. He's making I'm you hot tea. Th- all you had to do was like him, so it's very easy. Uh, I'm Sig. If you're old enough. That you don't like people asking you how old you are, and if the drugs haven't completely ruined your brain, you might remember me from 106.7 The End, and thank you, Grant, for writing that. That's very funny. <laughs> um, these days, I'm part of Ray Entertainment. We produce The Voodoo Experience and a bunch of other stuff around the country, and I'm very happy to be here filling in for Grant Morris, who is sick today, uh, and it's a pleasure to be part of itsneworleans.com. In the next 60 minutes, you'll get to meet, uh, well, four people, including myself, plus me, uh, who are just many of the thousands of fascinating people who live here in New Orleans, and you'll get to hear some uh, live music, too. At the end of the show, you might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun, and enjoy great music, but you probably know that already. So let's get right on with doing nothing but enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together. And uh, sweet. Yeah, sweet, right? Yeah, live audience. <laughs> Come on, Hugo, where are you? Great, great. Hugo's going, he's liking himself in the back room right now, <laughs> whatever that means. Uh, all right, so our guest on the show today, uh, Michael Hawk, a man who is uh, is is known. He's a veteran of the U.S. Army Special Forces, also known as the Green Beret. Michael spent a total of 20 years in the military. He could kick our ass right now without thinking about it. Uh, he retired as team commander of the Afghan uh, militia forces. And since leading active duty, Michael has been anything but inactive. He's the creator and star of two hit shows, Man, Woman, Wild, and One Man Army, both on Discovery Channel, and he's currently stars in a series on the Outdoor Channel called Elite Uh, Elite Tactical Unit. Uh, Michael Hawk is also an author. He's penned two critically acclaimed survival manuals and is co-author of Jake Tyler Thriller series based on his personal experiences, and there's more. Michael is also the founder of Spec Ops, a global media training and adventure company. Let's hear it for Michael Hawk. All right. I'm going to go through all the introductions, and then we'll start the chatting. Thomas Fewers is here. He is the founder and director of the New Orleans Counseling Center, a national certified counselor. Thomas works with clients in outpatient, inpatient, and community settings. So basically, wherever you are, he will be. He has extensive training in depth psychology, which forces, uh, focuses on treating the root causes of issues rather than only the symptoms helping people create meaning from their experiences and purposes for their lives. Thomas is passionate about assisting individuals and in letting go of who they think they should be in order to reveal who they truly are. Let's hear it for uh, Thomas Muir. Our musical guest, the Scorsese's, uh, we've got Vince and Dave uh, in off the road. They've got a show tomorrow night at One Eye Jacks with the Brenton Sound. Excellent to have them here in the studio. And Andrew Duhan will be part of the show or will not be part of the show. He's somewhere also drinking right he likes now. To watch. <laughs> he likes to watch. He's, uh, he's liking Hugo right now on Facebook. <laughs> All right, so um, this is great. First, uh, I know that uh, the guys from Scorsese's are from New Orleans uh michael and andrew you guys are from new orleans each thomas thomas i'm sorry thomas you're <laughs> i'm not i'm a yankee you're a yankee
1: yeah i grew up in upstate new york
0: okay but you live here now yeah
1: i moved here in uh, in 2000 okay so and here for well off and on for over 10 but years. you live here now yeah.
0: like if you go home you're going home now to a house in new orleans yes very nice and michael yourself you're you're here in new orleans or you live here visiting
2: no, man, we live here. We came through here a couple years ago. My my wife's British, mm-hmm. and so um, we came through here to visit. She wanted to see it, and then you guys had this little thing called drive through Daiquiri. Yes. And we just we never left. <laughs> you know, we hit one, and then we hit the next one. Before you know it, we said, Honey, let's just move
0: here. Yeah, it, it's kind of addicting, and it's one of those things that is uh, quite enjoyable. And, and it's still – I've lived here now, I think, 15 years. It is still a thrill to do it. It's even more of a thrill To take somebody who's visiting through because they do not understand the concept.
2: At all. No, oh no, no, no. And especially on on the wife's side over in the UK, when I'd say, like, yeah, you know, you actually drive up and they give you a drink and you drive away and they just, like, they don't believe it. Yeah. Now, now, are you
0: and your wife still married? Yeah, man. What are you you talking about? Well, you, know, you might just be paying her still. I don't know, but...
2: <laughs> oh, man, that's me. No, no. We're definitely still married. we got a little midget, you know, a little six-year-old, yeah. and he's going to school here and everything, and, and she loves it.
0: I mean, the, the, the thing that I think is... I, I ask because you put your wife in some crazy situations with your show. No, no. Let me just... Let me set the record straight, okay. <laughs> She wants to go? She
2: wants to do these. Okay, she used to be a journalist. Yeah. She's actually lived in tribes, uh, with tribes in Borneo for six months at a time, all this because that was her interest, and then she decided she wanted to learn survival stuff, so she was looking for someone and uh, when we both met on another TV show, then it uh, just it kind of worked out, and we we're still going as ten years ago.
0: Amazing. Nice. Well, I I personally picked the marriage for being over when you ate her favorite turtle, but that was. Uh... Oh, but I didn't
2: need it, man. We let it go, brother. We let the turtle go. Y'all ate a snake instead, right? right. That, oh yeah, that yeah, was so full of. I saw of, the episode. Yeah, was, <laughs> it was. I hate, it was full of worms, dude. It was all manner. Well, first of all, it was sorry, so. Sorry, sorry. No, no. I, yeah, I we're cool. setting
0: this up for you to come in and cycle psychoanalyze what. What the hell is going on with this guy? I have been. <laughs> you got the answers he hasn't who figured
2: he it out as yet. he's pushing his chair to the other side <laughs> of the table. Hey man, don't no, come
3: over here. <laughs> <laughs> so go right. scoot back the other way.
0: No, it was a that's a great episode because um your wife her favorite animal is uh her f- turtles and you're telling her we're going to eat it for dinner tears man tears
2: hey man you know they're, they're slow movers they're easy target you know so it's good good chow but um you know the snake came along and 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 the funny thing is I always joke her cuz i call her a little turtle cuz she moves like a turtle you know if, if you guys got a gal you understand you're always waiting it's like honey but anyway so uh, yeah that actually um i still live that every day she's not don't you even think about the turtle. Okay. No, that's very Can good. Can I ask
4: you a question, though? Yeah. You live yeah. in New Orleans
2: now. Has she had turtle soups
4: since she's lived here? Being I, that is a very, probably one of the best soups that we have. That, that is a wonderful
2: question. And point of fact is, I did force her to taste it once. Getting back to your original point, actually, she wants to do these things. So she's good. actually a really action gal. And in a lot of ways, she's tougher than I am. So, you know, that that's setting the record straight for her. But to answer your question, mm-hmm. she did try it once. And she looked at me with the evil eye, and I've never even thought about as
0: <laughs> Well, there's something that some restaurants serve called Mock Turtle yeah, Soup, yeah. which is, um, you know, she might, she might like the... You know what? The, the
2: it's just, just the name turtle in a food <laughs> for her will not work. It, I will not have a good night if I suggest it, so sure. there uh, you
0: go. All right. Well, then we'll stay away from Mock Turtle Soup, too. But I agree it's yummy. Yes, yeah, it is delicious. I'm glad you <laughs> enjoy
2: it.
4: To, to bring
0: some, uh, to not pay all the attention elsewhere on the table... Uh, your work in New Orleans, you must be a very busy man with people with psychological issues in our city because it's not that people are psychologically off. It's just that people in general are off in New Orleans, and that's why New Orleans is so amazing. Everywhere you go, whether it's Mardi Gras or a festival, uh, you know, anything is a celebration. There is something different about New Orleanians, or at least uh, shall I ask you, is there something, do we have a gene that makes us different from people around the world?
1: Well, I don't know if we have a gene, but without a doubt, New Orleans is the most interesting place to live. And there's something different in the air, <laughs> yes. something different about the people. I mean, that is a, a big part of what I do is try, try to help people just embrace and celebrate who they are. And it doesn't matter, you know, if, how crazy or weird that may be. You and, know, it just to, and it is. And it is. But that's everybody. There's no normal person out there. Nope. There's no such thing as, a, as really a normal person. That would be... The, kind of the scariest thing. That if, would be Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where I moved here from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now,
0: I will say what's in the air in New Orleans, I have a Jeep with no top on. And it is amazing how often in these strangest places I smell weed in the city. <laughs> Every, it is un- – having a Jeep, you can smell everything that's going on. Somebody's got chicken wings in the Jeep in the car next to you, I can smell it. <laughs> And the amount of people in the strangest places that I'm smelling weed in the city—it's got to be one of the next places that it becomes legal. That's uh, Mm. that's that's that has got to happen. I would think it's going to happen soon. And and the the band is a a big supporter of it. They're they're touring Colorado right now. (laughs) That's it. Colorado
5: (laughs) Washington.
0: Really quick with the band, you guys have a show coming up tomorrow night. You're back in New Orleans for One Eye Jacks. Uh, Clearly, you guys are spending a lot of time on the road you were telling us uh, before we came on there who you've been touring with which is quite fascinating who have you been out with recently
4: well we've been out with uh, fishbone actually recently which was a uh, really amazing and great guys um, their management company silverback took a liking to us actually they came and saw us at one eye jack's over halloween which is a sold out show that we did this past year and they uh ended up calling us up and being like hey man we, we need to get you on with fishbone on the road and then fishbone took a liking to us and it kind of it's kind of spiraled from there and we've been very very fortunate and lucky and and uh you know they the the bigger we've gotten with this, the less money we make, and the worse it is right now, so <laughs> so you gotta understand that you know so the the very small amount of fame, but you know it's it's very it's very nice for uh, to be from you know New Orleans kids and uh, being able to come up just a little bit, and hopefully we can all talk uh about what that consists of, and I guess you would know, especially, you know, being through the band scene and all that, so...
0: Know uh, what exactly? What What is the one answer you're looking for? <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, all of it, you know? How rough it's it is. Business. Yeah, It's a hard business. It's a hard you know? business. But you got to love it. If you do love what, it, you're done. We, yeah. have some, we have so much fun. We were talking about it South by Southwest and how about we're going up there and stuff like that. So those are some of the the perks that are really great, you know, so... So that, that's pretty much where we're at right that now. That is
0: fantastic. And tomorrow night's show at One I Jacks will be mm-hmm. it's, uh, the Brennan Sound and, sound Adam, and
4: Adam Dale, Dale and the Sadbashers. I don't know if I you mean, remember, but guys. Uh,
5: Adam Dale was the singer for American Tragedy back in the day. And wow. They were, they were really, they were really mm-hmm. a good band. And uh, the Brennan Sound has got a really awesome sound. Man, they're,
4: they're great. They're upcoming. They're really upcoming fast, man. They're a really great band. So it's not, you know... The, not too often you play with bands and you really go, man, these guys are really badass. Wow, these really guys badass. are breaking the mold. They're not cookie-cutter at all. We need to, we need to <laughs> go <laughs> practice tonight. <you> know?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these guys aren't Nickelback. Yeah, That's awesome. Exactly.
5: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. someone's say- <laughs> in.
0: So one of the things that I know you, you wrote about was um, not saying yes, correct?
1: Right, about the, uh, the dark you, side of people-pleasing.
0: Yes, because you, and you, you actually didn't want to say yes to me right now, which I thought was very interesting. Um, one of the things, whether you're in entertainment or you're a musician, or you're an artist like Hugo, you know, when you do struggle and you're trying to make it, it's very difficult not to say yes to people. You know, it's, a, it's a real challenge because somebody says, hey, I can do this for you. I'm sure you've got great stories of people coming and offering you a lot of opportunities for your show, and you had to say no. Saying no is a very difficult concept. How do you teach people to not say yes to just about anything that comes to them so they have the guts and willpower to stand out there and wait for the right deal, the right opportunity?
1: It's definitely, a I mean, it's a skill that that you can learn and you can practice. I mean, it's really about listening to yourself and knowing what what you really want and and having the courage to to go after it. You know, I think a lot of us through our lives we get rewarded for not being true to ourselves. You know, we get things for for saying yes, well, for, for giving. It's you. easier to get right. it
0: than saying no. Absolutely.
1: Right. So saying truth because the vision that you have for your life or for yourself. You know maybe crazy it might not fit what your boss wants you to do or what society wants you to do, so I mean just being true to yourself and and listening to that voice that kind of kind of guides you and tells you well you know it's kind of what led me to New Orleans you know I had never been down here, and something told me you know it was probably like fifteen years ago, and if I could live anywhere in the you know in the country i where would I go and then something said New Orleans and a little over time I you know I I dispelled it, and so that was crazy, and then ultimately, I just I came down. Moved. So, what
0: was the thing that made you say yes to New Orleans? Like, what, what brought you here?
1: Well, I, f- I felt drawn here. felt kind of, you know, just kind of compelled, and I, I visited for Halloween the first time in 98. Had a great time. Yeah. Um, then went back up to Ohio for a few more years, visited for Mardi Gras, then I graduated from Ohio State, and... Uh, and just said, the heck with it, you know. This, I've got to find out yeah. what's, de- what's down there for me. So it's that kind of thing. I think, you know, some part of us knows that there's something for you if you listen, if you listen to it. I was offered of two guidance. jobs
0: in, within 12 hours. One was to do mornings in San Bernardino, and one was to do afternoons here in New Orleans. And it was, it was like a no-brainer. Like, you know, I could be in the meth capital of the world, or I could go to New Orleans. That would be fantastic. And, of course, I, you know. Now I'm on meth also, but uh. <laughs> you know what's funny? Michael was
4: offered drive-through daiquiris, and that's why they moved down here. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and, and space volumes about the people attracted <laughs> yeah. so yeah. so.
0: What are you What are you doing here in New Orleans? Like like the I would think the obvious would be to be in Los Angeles, right? Oh man, don't get me started. Listen, um, I try to stay
2: out of L.A. and I try to stay out of New York. Yeah, and you know at least. In New York, if they don't like you, they'll tell you to your face. Oh, yeah, they to your like face, you. yes, absolutely. Whereas L.A.ites, you'll never know. And so what I really love about the people down here is they're down to earth and they're real. And, and I speak with my wife about it all the time. You can go all over the world and see poor people. But in America, this place is the only town that I have seen where even the poor people seem happier to be here than anywhere else. Yeah. And, that, and that resonates. That's something that you kind of feel.
0: So uh, there you go. The only place I really don't like in New Orleans is the DMV. <laughs> Dude, oh, this man. is, I, on last week, and I know we probably have to do a song here soon, and we'll, we'll hear some hazies <laughs> here in a second. Last week, and this, this is, this is and I, I, as we go to music, I want everyone to think about this. They're only in New Orleans' story. Things that can only, yeah, come on in, come on in. We, uh, we love to have you. Don't know who you are. Um... <laughs> It's amazing. We can have a place that's not open and people are coming to it. That's fantastic. New Orleans, baby. Um, Only in New Orleans. And when we've listened to some Scorseses, I would like for you to think about this also. Only in New Orleans. Last week I had to go to the um, traffic court to get a document that supposedly I'd never received and my license was suspended because of it. So I go to traffic court. Traffic court is supposed to open at 8 o'clock. I get there at 7.30. I'm in front of the building with about 200 people who are also waiting to get into traffic court. The guy next to me, of course, is there for assault and battery, so I, it was nice to meet him, and I kept on going. So 8 o'clock comes, you would think, in a normal city. The doors would open. Open the doors. People go through security. It's all good. Doesn't happen. 8.05. Doesn't happen. 8.10. Doesn't happen. I'm sending tweets to the mayor. It's 8.15. <laughs> He's not responding, I might add. Uh, and you know, traffic court's not open. 820, still not open. Now it's a couple hundred people plus. 830, still not open. 835, still not open. 840, no sign of it. 850, finally, two sheriffs come up. They yell at us for blocking the door. Oh, I'm sorry. You've got 1,000 people who are trying to get in. And they finally open the door. A stampede goes in, and then all these other sheriffs come from behind the wall and make everybody go out. And they start yelling at us again so that we'll go through security and turn over our keys and laptops and bags and whatever so it took it wasn't until about nine o five that the building opened for a building that's supposed to open at eight o'clock that's a what a, a state federal i don't know what is that building right it's <laughs> a
2: federal state
4: building huh? it's a state building state right?
0: Building, yeah. could that happen anywhere else
2: well I- my experience has been that that kind of thing only happens in underdeveloped nations, and, New Orleans. Orleans. <laughs> you know, and, and New Orleans, and New Orleans. And it's funny you should say that, but you know, being that my wife's British, and I was living over there in London for five years before I brought her over here, and um, you know, I kept saying, "Oh, America's so much better than this place, so much better." And then I brought her here, and I'm like, "Okay, honey, for the next five years, I'm going to eat crow." Um, but you know, that aside, what makes the place special is truly the people here, absolutely, and, and, and they are different—the kind of people that either come from here or attracted to come here and be here they're just different and you feel it in the air and I think that's what you were speaking about earlier it's really pretty magic
0: and once I will say this once I got in through the magical doors (laughs) the people working inside there were so nice and so helpful my whole experience was seven minutes and that but I will also say the reason I hadn't gotten the document was they had the wrong spelling of my name, the wrong address, and the wrong date of birth. So, you know, <laughs> somehow it was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll be back with some more uh, Only in New Orleans stories from the guys who are visiting us today on Happy Hour right now. Some music from the Scorseses who are at uh, One Eye Jacks tomorrow night. I guess maybe that will be tomorrow. It will actually be tonight for a lot of people who will listen to the podcast tomorrow on orleans.com. That's all very confusing. It's Friday night, March 1st. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. go. All right. What song are we
5: doing? Leia is not your sister? Yep. Sweet, she's not. Alright, here we go. <laughs>
0: Scorsese's on uh, on Happy Hour on it's And that's Scorsese's with Leah's Not Your Sister, right? Leia. Fantastic, uh, Leah, I'm sorry. Oh, Princess okay. Leah is Thank not you. your sister. It could be Leah as well. And uh, <laughs> the name <laughs> of the EP or record Presenting is the Scors- Presenting yeah. the Scorsese's, who are playing at one eye jacks on Friday night. Is the uh, best way to put <laughs> it. March
4: 1st. Well, it might be March 2nd by the time we play. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let that confuse you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: and then you guys go off to South by Southwest in Austin? Yes. Mm-hmm. But you're not officially allowed to say that? Yes. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, yeah but like we'll everybody. Be, we'll be in the mix. We just won't be official. Right.
4: We're doing seven shows in, in four days,
0: I believe. All right. So, real quickly, do you have a, only a New Orleans story? Do you have something that you have experienced and hopefully positive and awesome? where something happened, and you can think about it. Thomas, you got, got one. I got one. I got one. Thomas has a whole list of all the <laughs> Orleans stories. He can't say the names, but he has the stories.
1: Well, um, this is a, it's a personal story, so it be about my life. Like I said, I felt drawn down here. We moved here in 2000, moved into this amazing house uptown in Valmont and Ferret, and lived in that house up until Katrina. Uh, shortly after I moved there, um, I met my wife-to-be, Christy, and... Um, And five cats were born on the porch of this house that we took care of the entire time. You know, we were in New Orleans up until Katrina. We couldn't take them with us because they were kind of semi-outdoor cats. So we evacuate. We always, and one more aside, is we always dreamed of of owning this house. Um, So we evacuate. We can't take the cats with us. Um, We come back to get our stuff. We actually relocated to Phoenix, Arizona. Um, The cats had survived the storm. Um, our neighborhood flooded about four feet. They survived, so they're still at the house. So we moved away um, for three and a half years, and we just moved back to New Orleans in 2009. We happened to be in the neighborhood just getting breakfast, saw that the house was for sale. Um, actually, one of the first things I saw when I looked over the fence was one of our one of the cats that, that we had taken care of for all of those years, still at the house. Um, so to make a long story short, we, we ended up buying the house and getting our cats back. So uh, <laughs> I thought
0: you were going to say you threw the cats out.
1: <laughs> no, no, they're still there. Um, there's actually been another generation born. But the fact of you know being so connected to to a neighborhood, to a yeah. place, and then we live right off of Ferret, which I mean, it's that, exploding that, that right now. It's exploding, now. you know, for the, the way the neighborhood was uh, 12 years ago when we lived there to now is amazing. So, in, in the thing about coming home. Being in the city and then getting a chance to, to own the house that we used to live in for all, with all that history um, is so meaningful. So I just think that's a very, a very New Orleans thing that we're very attached to our neighborhoods, you know, and, and, and to places and restaurants and things. So, so to get a piece of our history back and now be back in the house with the cat, the, the, these same <laughs> cats that are now over 12 years old. Um, to me, it feels like a big part of my New Orleans uh, now, That's experience. That's amazing.
0: I don't want to throw out that maybe they're different cats that just look a lot like the cats that you had. Because every now and then I see my cat, too, and that cat died a couple of years ago. But they're, re- they're,
1: they're the same ones, actually. My wife got tattoos of these cats. I don't two. want to tell you this, but
0: Michael ate your cats. I'm just telling you that right now. Okay? Well, awesome. They, if they didn't have a collar, it's possible.
5: It's between that or a turtle. fair game at that point. Huh? He had the
0: turtle. His wife had the cats. But that's, you know, besides the point. And you know what? Only in New Orleans, uh, I, I've never experienced this, and you guys have, everyone's kind of lived different places. No place have I lived where... Um, so many people live in the house they grew up in. There is this connection to their houses, that houses are passed down. And like my neighbor, he grew up in that house. He moved away. He got it and you know, took over the house when his parents got older. That's not an unusual story here. I grew up in the D.C. area. I lived in Los Angeles. I lived in Miami. Nobody, I lived in Baltimore, nobody is living in the house that they grew up in. It would almost be kind of looked down upon. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, right. To me, one of the quintessential things about New Orleans is just a sense of community. I've, I mean, I've lived a bunch of places around the country, and I haven't found a place that had such a strong sense of community. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I just think that's how we're meant to be. As people, as human beings, we're supposed to live in community. Um, so now, being back in our neighborhood, we were moving our stuff back in, and the family next door who had been there for years they saw us moving and they're like, You're back? <laughs> <laughs> we thought we got ready after, <laughs> after four years. <laughs> so I just think, you know, I mean, New Orleans, I believe, is about community, you know, it's connection and community.
0: When I moved here, the thing that was shocking to me, I was doing uh, afternoons on, you know, 1067 The End. <laughs> People would call the radio station just to see how, if my wife was liking New Orleans. And when when we did when I did mornings in Miami, no people only called to tell me I sucked. That was you know that was that was the extent of the conversation. Nobody was calling to find out if we were liking it. You know that was never part of the deal. And that that really shocked me when I uh, when I moved here. Michael, uh, uh, only a New Orleans story. Oh, man, nothing comes to mind that I really want to share. That kind of embarrassing. (laughs) All right. So what are you working on? What is the next show, and and how are things going with the other shows? Oh, man, you know, um, the the current show that's out
2: right now, the Elite Tactical Unit um, on Outdoor Channel is really cool because it's kind of an extension of the Discovery Channel one-man army, except I'm taking 14 people and splitting them in two teams and having them compete. But what's really fun about it is we have them hooked up to some high-speed technology so that when they get shot, it's basically they're getting tasered oh so we get some God. real joy out of seeing the guys get hit and um and i use my special forces guy and my sas guy as my team commanders and, and that's a lot of fun and then the show that i'm working on right now with uh, my wife is for travel channel and they're still working on the name it's kind of something like get lost or get out or something but basically we get blindfolded dropped off in the middle of nowhere and then we got to figure out where we think we are and which way we think we need to go to get out and survive along the way and you know, if you've ever gone anywhere uh, new with a significant other and had a difference of opinion on how to get there, but <laughs> no. that's this show. Oh man! I actually had that
0: experience <laughs> about an hour ago at Barone and Felicity. When I was parking my car, I realized I was one block off of where I needed to be, and I might as well have been in a completely different country. And, and imagine when you've walked 10 or 20 miles through the
2: jungle and you realize, mm, I should have gone the other way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh, man. You know, if
4: it was two other people, it might be a show about... Uh Who's gonna kill who first or something like that? You <laughs> yeah,
2: know. you know they they frown on that because the series doesn't last that long. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> well, if it was
4: two other people, if it was me and my wife, that's how it would probably go. You know? <laughs> Well, maybe that's
0: what the series could be. We could see who comes back next week. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. We'll send a different couple out. you want us to call the producers and run this down for them? You know, we can rewrite the whole thing, you know, if you like. Thank you, fellas.
0: I know where you live. <laughs> uh, one thing that I will say that uh, is one of the most amazing things of all the shows, and, and I think everybody can agree, is the ability to make fire. And Ooh, yeah. that is... I, have you, like when, I, I, when the first year of like Survivor came on, I watched the show, and then it seemed to be this recurring theme, and I just stopped because it was, it was boring, but the idea that you would take up the challenge to do the show, and you wouldn't know how to make fire. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one thing you have to know how to do. I have never made fire like without a Bic lighter or whatever. That has to be such an incredible thing to have in your toolkit, to be able to do that.
2: Well, listen, man. Let me just start by saying, carry a dang lighter. Okay. It is so much work. It's so miserable. <laughs> just carry a lighter. But yeah, when you work that hard, thank you very much. When you work that hard that long and it's always hours, okay? Um, it is a real sense of accomplishment. It takes hours to do that? Yeah, by the time you actually gather the wood, prepare everything, you gotta lay the foundation, you gotta set up a firewall, you gotta pick the location, then you've gotta get the tinder, you gotta get the all the everything just right, just to begin. And then you got to work on it. And then if you're in a humid environment or a rainy environment or a snowy, wet environment, yeah, it, it, it takes hours. I would tell anybody it's good to plan four hours. If you're lucky, you get it in two. And when you get really good, you can do it in one.
0: Wow. wow, what would be the chance of any of the four of us surviving in the wild? If you looked at if you look at Thomas, how long how long does he survive before a tiger eats him? Well,
2: I'd give him maybe about a second. If it's a tiger, are you kidding? Me? <laughs> <laughs> a second, we're, we're all screwed. Huh? <laughs> but but seriously, the whole thing that I love about survival is that everyone can do it. It's hardwired inside of all of us. It's genetically part of our ancestry. The big thing is the thing that you can't see. It's what's inside someone their heart and mind, and that's what's going to determine who makes it or not. So. There's no packaging, no label, nothing that gives you a, a clue or a cue. It's what I always tell people is, what do you have to live for? And if they have a good reason to live, they will survive. Yeah, what if they say
0: nothing? <laughs> like, yeah. well, I then, hate my wife, I hate my job, I hate my kids. <laughs> oh, it's man, totally. well,
2: I can tell you a funny story about it. That's a true story. A guy actually was flying his uh, small plane <laughs> in the desert, and he crashed the damn thing. And they found him like 17 days later alive and they asked him dude well, how did you survive this thing you know you did absolutely everything wrong you drank you know all the things the salty stuff and, and and working in the daylight and his answer was I'm going through a divorce and I'll be damned if I'm gonna die and let that woman win
4: everything <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome <laughs> that's spite great. is a powerful force <laughs> For <that. laughs> hey, can, can I ask him a question so I, no. I know you probably oh come yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to play too you know <laughs> So I, I know you probably get this a lot out of all the weird crap that you've eaten. What, what's what's uh, what's the best and worst? I, I got to know that. I'm sorry. I, you know, that's the only time I've on that. You know. That's a
2: good question. We're coming. We're talking New Orleans, man. And we're all well, about the food. Well, that's right? what I'm saying.
4: I mean, when I go to the Vietnamese festival. I eat the balut, the duck egg, and all the weird stuff. So, I mean, I could do your job in a heartbeat. Yeah, I want to know what it is to you. You know. Well,
2: I, I, I have to say, for me, one of the best things I ever ate was uh, African. Crocodile. It just—it was absolutely delicious and probably the worst thing I ever ate. Not being a big fan of bugs, sure. Um, where the big fat grub worms and woodland cockroaches, <laughs> because the, the furry legs get stuck in your throat, oh, oh, man. And not real fun. Yeah,
4: brutal. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Thomas. Yes. As you listen to him talk, as a clinical psychologist. <laughs> uh, li- li- licensed
1: professional counselor A psychologist would get mad Because I don't have that credential. I'm sorry.
0: But a guy who makes his You know Has made his living Going around the world Eating grubs You know <laughs> Putting his wife through Unbelievable harshness Even though he claimed She wanted to do it uh, You gotta look, You gotta have some thoughts About all that You gotta think about If you were If he was to walk in Then tell these stories To you professionally what do, you, what, do you, what do you come well, out of?
1: Well, I was thinking of, of asking Michael a question. You can do, ask do one, too. Do, do you need my <laughs> services now?
4: Let me give you my
1: card. Is it something like that? <laughs> right. and, and, and you don't have to answer if it's, if it's too personal. But um, if you were out there and, and trying to survive and stranded and you're talking about that one thing in here – you know, that, that you have to you, to keep you going, what would, that, what would that be for you? Oh, that's the
2: easiest answer in the world, okay. man. That's a little six year old turd bird that I've you know, looked after. <laughs> it, is, it is true
0: that when, no matter what it is, there are literally, and I'm sure you've done this and, and just in life, and I don't know, Thomas, you have children, and these guys, I don't know if you know who your children are.
1: I've got a lot of cats. Um,
3: <laughs>
0: you have a lot of cats, that's right. i got 10 of them. You, uh, you definitely, there's times where you just look at your children sleeping and you consider all the things, the decisions you're making in your life. And am I doing
1: the right things? And,
0: you know, all these, that'll, that'll motivate you very quickly.
1: Actually, I think there's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of similarities between what we do, like, in therapy, working with people. A lot of it's about finding that thing. Like, what are you living for? Yeah. What keeps you going? Because people forget. They, don't know, they go through the motions of life, and they don't know why they're doing right. it. Um, they, lose, they lose touch. So I think, you know, our jobs have a, a similarity in that effect. You know, like when you, when you strip everything down, what is it that keeps you going? You know, gets you, yeah, gets you fired up, gets you, you know, or, or gives you the will to, to withstand things, life-threatening things, whether it's, tra- you know, physical things from your environment or tragic things that happen in your life. You know, knowing, you know, what, what you can hold on to to keep going is, is the most important thing. Yeah, so. Absolutely.
0: All right, well, that was all very heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's, it's I, could, up, I,
1: I could talk lighting more up. about cats. If are we it more tequila shots now, huh? all <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right now, more music from the Scorseses, who are playing Friday, March 1st, at One-Eyed Jacks, right here in New Orleans.
6: I told you I was going to be there. You told me you were going to be there. We both line face to face. I told you I was gonna be there You told me you were gonna be there We both aligned face to
0: It's Scorsese's with Face to Face on Happy Hour. It's Orleans.com. I'm sitting in for Grant Morris. who, uh, amazing, you know, the guy, uh, he does all these shows on It'sNewOrleans.com and does a great job. And I think we all are really nice, really pleasantly surprised to find out that Graham, the producer, is a lovely female and uh, not... Not just uh, a lovely female, a hot woman. And uh, uh, there was concern from somebody at the table that that um, she was a, a dude who was writing really sensitive emails, and it's just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not the case. Um, this is, uh, I guess, a, uh, I'm not really sure what this is, but I was told to read this. The new movement, after two years of the show in bars, museums, parks, and wherever else they could, the new movement has opened a full-time comedy theater in the Marini, 1919 Burgundy, shows from Thursday to Saturday, everything from free or cheap improv and sketch comedy classes also available. Check TNMcomedy.com for more information. Also, listen to Chris True and Tammy Nelson on True to the Game, New Orleans' first badass sports radio show, right here on It'sNewOrleans.com. So, I think. I think that's a commercial. Uh, so yeah, I'm it. I'm
1: actually a student at the New Movement. Are you really? I'm in level three. Of level Im, three of imp- This is, it, is my therapy. Is this a yeah. like Scientologist or something like that? <laughs> no, it's it's awesome. What is what yeah, is, it's awesome. It's improv. Level, what is level? Well, there's three five levels then. of of improv comedy. You right. go. You do about. You do about eight weeks, and then you have a recital. So you learn different skills that build on each other. You know, so that you can walk out with a group of people with no script, nothing prepared, and run a scene.
0: So the scene is given to you in a way that, that they're – You it, create the scene. So just right there on the – On, on the, the spot. On the
1: spot. Mm-hmm. Nice. It, it's amazing. Yeah. All right. Wow. Yeah. So Check it out. So let's do a scene.
0: <laughs> You're, you own a Vietnamese restaurant in Shreveport, and the band, the Scorseses, come in, and uh, they want to – See, the Scorseses are powered by uh, Vietnamese food. Yes, we are. Fop. We are So by so Yep. Uh, what would you say? Well, okay, go. Well, just checking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, real quick, thirty second improv. Um, they come in, and the one thing that they can't deal with is their friend Michael is completely drunk and uh, is is has Tourette's also. <laughs> oh, and you have to handle the situation. Scene, go.
1: Your friend, he talks too much. <laughs> Yeah, that
5: is, that is one of his problems. Yeah. Uh, but Your Vietnamese you accent is great, too. <laughs>
4: you sure you're on level three, buddy?
5: <laughs> that, see, that's, you, you threw
1: me off because we, we don't have that much information. We start with blank slate, you know? So, I mean,
0: when you say you start with a blank slate, you, uh, you start with it being that you, you four of you walk yeah. on a Yeah, stage, My, I'd say, say
1: we walk up and I say, ah, oh, well... Your teeth are very clean today, or something. that That's kind of a weird one, you know. Yes, but, that
0: is <laughs> kind of a weird one. <laughs> but, but,
1: but, <laughs> but that's that's something I might say. But well, thank you. Well, you, right. you, you made me so self conscious. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, I I can, I can see you know you've been brushing and flossing. Oh my god! Regularly, I was just talking
4: about the dentist this morning. You're a son
0: of a bitch, dude. It <laughs> me. It's really bad. Actually, I've been brushing with grubs. Thank you very <laughs> much. <laughs> And then
1: you go, we try to figure out who we are, who we are to each yeah. other, what the relationship is, and then you're, you're looking for patterns. And then you, you try to figure out, you know, what, what's the pattern. You repeat it a couple of times, and, and you got a scene.
0: So as a level three improvisationalist, uh-huh. is that a word? Sure. Um, what are your goals with this? Is this just like one of those things that you do on the side that's like a fun, elective. like, I play golf. You know, I like playing golf. You are an improv comedian. So that's very cool. Is that, do you have a plan? For, it's like, do you want to do something more with it? Is well,
1: that- actually, this uh, Sunday they're having auditions for troops, house troops. So I'm going to go out there with some of my fellow level three students and audition. And then if I get picked or we get picked, then we'll be doing more shows every month. That's you know, fantastic at, at the theater. So I, don't, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not looking for a career. I'm just but being more involved with the theater and, and performing more often would be an awesome thing. That's fantastic. So. That's a nice outlet, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: you know what? It, people, and it, there's no better city to have an outlet than New Orleans, obviously. Yep. But uh, I'm, you know, everybody should have uh, outlets to express themselves and have fun, and it's fantastic you do that. Uh, you know, Michael uh, lights tampons on fire. That's what he does.
2: I'm I'm scared of that, man. I'm like, of respect it's Like, if they put me in that position, I'd be like, can I just rub some sticks together? (laughs) (laughs) But
0: you're an improv artist, too. That is true. You absolutely are an improv artist. I mean, there's no question about it. And to a certain degree, everybody at this table is an improv artist. But, uh, yes, I'm assuming that plenty of stuff on your shows is scripted. But I'm sure also plenty of it is also
4: not. not Give us the dirt, man. uh, What's the real truth on that? the, The
2: deal is every time we get on the ground, it's a matter of just kind of like you said, the improv thing is true. You have to look at what is available to you. Every square kilometer on the planet is different, and it offers you different things. So you have to read the terrain and then figure out what your needs are, what it's offering you, and how to use it. So yeah, it's it's an improv thing, but I, I know where to go with that. If you threw that thing at me, I'd be like, like about the teeth. You mean
1: about the clean teeth? Yeah. <laughs> like, Thank you. <laughs> Next. <laughs> then you get up and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the first rule of improv, I, I imagine, would help a person survive. The first rule is is to whatever someone throws at you, it's yes and you affirm. Because if you don't, if you say no, you're shutting it down. Wait a second. Wait, you're wait, supposed wait. to say wait. no though. <laughs> you're saying, yeah, he's no you're guy. breaking your own rule. Hey, there's always an <laughs> yes, exception. <and. laughs> yes, I am. Am your so, whole philosophy is so out the window. So if you're stranded, you're saying, "Yes, I'm stranded. Yeah. I have nothing. I, you know, and what am I going to do? Right. You know, I mean, you're you're improv-ing out there. I'm sure. Right, you know, right. what am I going to eat? We
5: have a level three. It's called Jameson,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and let the improv <laughs> begin. Yeah, and
5: who's Jameson? Who's Jameson? All Who? of us. Say what? Level three? Jameson whiskey? Uh, Level three? Oh right, right, right. Okay, (laughs) tracking now. Yeah.
0: Uh, And as far as I'm sure, being on the road, taking away the performance side of things, being on the road is an improv act because you are dropping into places you've never been before. Yes. Your manager is, uh, or your road guy, if you even have one, is stoned, and (laughs) all the time, and doesn't know what's going on or sleeping. And uh, you've got to navigate that territory. Now it might not be the same as what Michael's doing, where he literally could get eaten by a tiger. Right. But um, it's a it's a form of improv. It's a way of living your life, which is. Well, it's an easy.
4: itinerary? You know, it's, it's a small itinerary. We do get there, play, go yeah. to the next stop. That's <laughs> we, the itinerary. We, we don't drink. She's <laughs> she's, she's actually doing our itinerary right now for our next uh, our next out. But uh, no, we don't. We don't. Actually, we've gotten to the point where we don't drink or. or uh smoke or anything oh. like that before we play. It's it's gotta be all business. <laughs> I no. love the caveat. Before we play. <laughs> yeah, but, uh,
0: yeah. Oh that's we play <laughs> <free> professionally <laughs> for pay that is uh, for all you pieces exactly. yeah, especially yeah. if we're doing a lot. Two hours you know four you know two hours before that's not before we play. No. That's, no, uh, <laughs> no, no. Now we're splitting hairs. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's after soundcheck. Yeah.
4: <laughs> that's a different time. <laughs> Soundcheck's at six. We don't play until eleven, you know? That's the worst part is when you do soundcheck at six And then we have nowhere to go. You know, I don't want to go back to the hotel. And you sit at the bar, and you get a free tab. No, we don't play till twelve. You know, we've gotten into a lot of trouble like that. You, know, you get up on stage. I fell off the side of the stage one time. That was two and a half years ago. But no, we're not. We, we can't do it. Trouble, yeah, I yeah, can't do that anymore, man, because that like, gets quite embarrassing sometimes. You know. Well, and also, <laughs> ultimately, you guys are
0: doing this for a living. Yeah, so, yeah know, exactly.
5: And, and not yeah. to mention When you got so many shows in a row like that, you know, yeah. six, yeah. eight days, ten days. It's just you. Just like they, just like them. they say in the documentary, the Flight Six Six documentary about uh, Iron Maiden. You know, everybody thinks we're rock stars. Everybody thinks we're doing lines of coke off strippers' asses. It's not like that. If that was the case, we wouldn't sound like we sound for all these dates in a room. You know? <laughs> right. So I kind of got to be a goody-goody on tour. No smoking, no drinking. I'm like taking me back to the hotel. They're like, come let's go party. But
0: yeah. cocaine on strippers' asses, that's another deal. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> totally another deal. But <laughs> all right, real quickly, uh, two things, music, food in New Orleans. We'll go around the table. Favorite, uh, you know, whether it's restaurant, bands, venues, oh, stuff like that. Shit. Places oh, that man. you, you know, let's do so, you know, we'll go with Johnny Improv with this one. Yeah, so let give yeah, everybody yeah, on, a little Johnny extra time. Improv. Let's Thomas, do that level three. Let's come go on. level three on this. <laughs> right. Actually, you know what, Thomas? I'm going to throw out a little challenge. I want oh, you to go to level four, okay? <laughs> We're going to right, level four right go. Go. here. We're let's calling go. the true people. What was the name of the movement, right? New Movement. New Movement. We're going to tell them you're going to level four right here, right now. Straight up. Thanks. So... If somebody's listening right now from Ohio, and they're thinking about coming to New Orleans, food, music, you know, uh, you know, whether it's restaurant, venue, band, what would be your quick recommendations for people? Level four right now.
1: Level four right now. Yeah. Food, I'm saying restaurant August. Oh, nice he's go. the fish. Going high, going yeah, high. high. Yeah. Oh, boucherie, the boucherie. Nice. boucherie. One of my favorite Matt Natties. That's where my That's where my wife works. Matt Natties. Yeah. yeah, she's a professional cook. There. All right. Yeah. Well, very nice. There we go. That dog. That dog. Great call. Yeah. All right. Wayfair, new one. Wayfair. On, on Ferret sandwich place. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I heard of good things. Ferret's on fire right now. Right. Yeah. That, that's Company my neighborhood. That's great. It's yeah. really With all the kittens.
0: With all the cats. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Were the oldest cats known to man? Somehow these cats are
1: 22 years old.
0: Uh, so, those are your recommend- any musical recommend- recommendations?
1: Actually, I, you know, to be honest, I don't go go out to as much live music. Maybe we'll
4: see you tomorrow uh, night then. Huh? Right? Yeah. Right, as
1: I'd like,
0: we're gonna put you on the list for tomorrow night. Definitely. All right, all right guys. course, Hazie's. What do we got?
4: Food, Vietnamese culture all the way. Vietnamese all right. culture. I'm all, all the way. Pho fa bang, pho fa ten din. Dong Fong in the
5: East. Frosties. Frosties. I've seen all those porno movies, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Fong Dong Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're into all kinds of food. It doesn't matter whether yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. shitty fried bar food or like just a place that has its own little unique dish. We will we don't have that's, it.
4: That's yeah. the one thing that we all agree on that we'll go eat, obviously, that we were saying before, is we all love Vietnamese food and support. And it's the hugest culture here. Yeah. You know? It's amazing, you know. And uh, uh, biggest Vietnamese culture in America,
0: out of, right? Out of Vietnam, yeah. yeah. It's Canada. incredible. People mm-hmm. don't realize that, but it's true. Other bands you recommend besides, obviously, is Scorsese is oh, the one-eyed Jackson. Friday there's March so first.
5: many. I mean, we have lots yeah. of friends that are in bands, too. I mean, yeah. uh, Dumps to Funk is one of Dumps to Funk, I mean. You you got to look at X definitions, a good band, uh, yeah. kind of Rage Against the Machine ish. Um, I mean, Doctor John, can't doc, go wrong with I mean, that.
0: I mean, there's so know. many artists there's I could so name. Many.
4: Just run through. you, know? All right, you guys revival, are too close to it. The Revivalists <laughs> yeah. are really big friends just, of ours. Yeah, you know yeah.
0: what's amazing? I was out in Los Angeles last week. I saw the Revivalists at the Roxy, yeah. and how great it was to see a New Orleans band like the Revivalists who are working so hard yep. in Los Angeles on Sunset Strip on right. a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And when like I tell you, there were easily 75 to 100 people. Rocking until the last note, high-fiving, waiting by the nice. by the door to meet them after the show. Yeah. That was really, really cool. Solid
5: group of guys. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're really, really good solid guys. Group All right.
1: I guys. thought of a music one. Okay. If you're, if you're ready for... We're going level all right, five, ready? Thomas. Going level five. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Bounce Night at the Saint. Oh, that's Big right. Frida. Yeah, yeah. Big Frida. Wah, big yeah. Wah, wah, <laughs> gotta sing it, baby, pop it, baby, pop it, baby, baby, looby.
0: Very well done. That's kind of like it is. <laughs> All right, Michael. I know you're. You're. You've got to have something besides killing alligators in your backyard. Well,
2: you know, I'm. I'm not uh, big city fella, socialite type of guy. <laughs> kind of try to stay away from that sort of thing. But um, we had a, a nanny that we, we met while we were here um, named Rosita Kess, a musician. And she got us uh, turned on to a local gal named uh, Kristen Diable. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually recommended her to be on the show today. Yeah. Right. You know, really funny. Wonderful, wonderful gal. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful yeah, She's music. very talented. Yeah, she's got a great yeah, voice. And, and real ugly she is. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, as as far as music, uh, the, the little man at Little... Turd Bird, a uh, six-year-old. He's liked sushi ever since he was little. Won't eat anything else. So we kind of got into the sushi thing around here, and we found that uh, Rock and Sake. Rock sushi and sake. was pretty yeah, good right. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah,
5: Yeah, so that's about all I know. That's I it. I have one. I have one. Okay. It's a breakfast place. Uh, it used to be Bluebird Cafe.
0: It's called Coolies. Coolie, yeah. Awesome. I haven't been there since it's cool. The Eggs actually. Benedict is awesome. Is it better? better
5: the Eggs Benedict, they take jalapeno cornbread, pulled pork, poached eggs, and hollandaise. It's so amazing. Yeah. You know, they yeah, just have a place called
4: Charcoal on Magazine that does all sorts of game meat burgers. Like You can get antelope, really? bison. Now we're talking. What's the name of that place? <laughs> it's called... I just saw the menu last night. I'm actually, I wanted to go there when we were coming up here. It's called... Um,
0: Charcoal is Charcoal. the name of it. Yeah, All I'll right. show you the menu. When I hear from a lot hair, of people man. that Company Burger uh, is probably yeah, one I'm of the best, best burgers. Company Burger is excellent. This is true. My uh, my food recommendation for everybody is a place called Chicken and Watermelon on Claiborne. It is outside. I want to go there. Oh, that is not a real name. That is that, as, is. that is not a punchline. That is the real name of the restaurant. It's not a restaurant. You, I will say this. Take it and run, all right? right? <laughs> you don't want to sit in there and eat, but um, it's called Chicken and Watermelon. <laughs> when I tell you the best wings ever, uh, amazing sauces, and uh, <coughs> awesome cheese fries, and watermelon punch, it is phenomenal. Chicken sounds, and watermelon. Sounds amazing. So that is my recommendation to everybody. I think we're going to do one song to close it out. Graham, please come here, because I'm going to get all these names wrong. So what I want you to do is I want you to do the closing credits. Please give it up for the lovely and beautiful right. Graham DePonte. The lovely Graham DePonte. I I just, I don't want to get anybody's names wrong, and you'll do this really lovely. We'll do one more song from, uh, I was about to say The Revivalist. Sorry about that. (laughs) The Sorcerers. (laughs) You can call us The Sorcerers. The Sorcerers, and then we'll come back and we'll do Graham with the the closing credits. So here we go. One last song from the Scorsese's playing at One Eyed Jacks on Friday, March 1st. It's NewOrleans.com, and this is Happy Hour. That's the Scorseses on uh, itsneworleans.com. Happy hour is the show. And, it, again, uh, I'm Stig, and thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, it's amazing. Um, Michael was talking about the fact he has a kid who's six years old, and I was thinking if my children were going over to his house to play, I'd have to say, let's call and make sure they put the alligator away. Let's, uh, <laughs> you know, what are the things in your house that I'd be concerned about as a fellow parent? Oh, nothing, man. I, you know, you don't have to worry about the things like the Gators
2: and the Bobcats. They're all good. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Well, this has been great, Grant. Thank you for everybody. We hope to catch. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you Grant feels better, and uh, right now Graham is going to do our closing credits made with some fabulous uh, piano music in the background. Ready? Yeah. All
7: right. Bye, oh, yeah. everybody. This uh, show has been produced by Melinda Hawes. Trish Kaufman, Anoush Karun, and Elizabeth Fahey. Oh, and me, Graham DePonte. And our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Music director is Christian Anru. Web designer and link to the real world is Dr. Cliff Brigdon. Our theme music, I think you're hearing it right now, it's being played by and was written by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on the show, and as Grant would say, <coughs> can remain upright for about an hour, <laughs> check us out at It's New Orleans. Dot com and send us an email. It's neworleans at gmail Check out our other happy hours and our other shows. Out to lunch with Peter Raschuti live at Commanders Palace. Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pagek. True to the game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson. Win Win our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community with Steve Win and Shy Win and. Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Kanata. Keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and sign up for our mailing list at our website, itsneworleans.com. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher, thanks for subscribing. And please take a moment to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. This show was recorded live at the fantastic, beautiful Casa Borrega, a brand new bar, restaurant, music venue in Central City, New Orleans, on Aretha Castle, Haley Boulevard at Felicity Street. Happy Hour is a production of IONO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com, for Andrew Duhon, Mitch Foreman on piano, I'm Sig, I'm not Sig, <laughs> 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 I'm... I'm-, I'm- Graham for Sig and Grant Morris, and either Grant or Sig will see you next time on Happy Hour. Wow, you